Bonjour, Tansegia. Hey, how are ya? It's a smudge for your thoughts. With Kahiasis. And Zosha. So today we had the immense pleasure of speaking with Serene Lawrence, the COO of Eighth Generation. I was fangirling um, because <laughs> I'm obsessed with with Eighth Generation, and I was so excited that they were that she was willing to speak with us on this podcast. Um, we had such an amazing conversation about um, educating, you know, about Native like real and authentic native art um, and raising up, you know, native artists around the country. That's what they do with their company. You know, they have wool blankets um, that feature all different, a bunch of different native artists. Um, yeah. Artwork. So we'll get into that kind of stuff on in the episode. We don't really want to share too much. I was getting excited. Yeah. Sorry. She just was so excited during this episode. <laughs> so you will hear a lot of great um, points being made and, um, just a lot of great talk. So yeah, well, we hope that you uh, listen and enjoy. <laughs> Peace. We're recording now. You want to start off, Tone? Uh, sure. So <laughs> first off, thank you uh, for joining us, and welcome to A Smudge for Your Thoughts. Uh, so our first thank question. You. Yeah. <laughs> so our, our first question is, what is your name? Uh, where are you from, and how do you identify yourself, uh, your tribe, nation, band, uh, citizen of, or anything, how, however you identify yourself? Sure. Um, so I want to just say hello to you guys. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my name is uh, Serene Jamingua Lawrence. I am Hopi as well as Ojibwe. And I am from Minnesota. I come from the urban Indian Twin Cities, Minnesota community, which is a really fun and powerful and dynamic urban Indian community. Um, and currently, right now, I am living in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, working at Eighth Generation. That's um, correct. Yeah. Um, and you are COO of Eighth Generation, so that's super cool. Um, so first, or I guess our second question um, is, which I already kind of said, <laughs> but what do you do for a living? Uh, you know, and also your passion or any hobbies you have? Absolutely. So um, I'm honored to be the chief operating officer here at Eighth Generation. Um, it's really awesome to be a part of an organization that values um, having indigenous leadership. Um, myself and a, um, a man named Louis Gong, uh, who founded Eighth Generation, um, together we lead our uh, native operated company uh, here in Seattle, eighth generation. Um, and what's really cool is, you know, we've recently been bought by a tribe. Um, yes. That's so awesome. um, it was a really exciting journey, you know, from uh, Louis starting the company by drawing um, beautiful artwork on shoes 
um, the demand for his artwork became so much that, you know, he started the company Eighth Generation and he wanted to work with people, um, specifically Native artists and Native people, um, to spread the message about why it's important to support Native artists and why it's important to support authentic Native art rather than the um, very commonly seen fake Native art out there. Yes. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do um, on a very brief level. Um, but uh, I'm also really passionate about, you know, my culture and education as well. Um, so I come from, you know, a background of being a part of a family that has connections to many tribal nations. Awesome. Um, so uh, I was raised with my mother, who's Ojibwe. Um, and so I'm really passionate about, you know, learning to bead, um, learning some traditional art forms, um, learning about our traditional foods, um, learning about our history and our tribe. Um, so that's something that's really important to me. Um, I'm also a jingle dress dancer. Um, so that's another thing that I'm really passionate about is uh, keeping the culture alive and um, creating space for our community where we can all uh, be together and kind of feel good and celebrate who we are all together. And it's been a really tough year where, you know, that wasn't a part of everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely something I'm really passionate about. And I think it uh, integrates well into um, the job that I have now. I love that. That's um, really important, you know, to, you know, stay in touch with your culture and like keep passing it on and making a space for people, other people to do so as well. I love that. Me too. I, I really love uh, Eighth Generation so much and like what you guys do. Um, I do uh, have a couple questions uh, about what you said. You said that uh, Eighth Generation was recently bought by a tribe. What what tribe was it bought by? Absolutely. So Eighth Generation in 2019 was sold to the Snoqualmie tribe. Oh, okay. And uh, the Snoqualmie tribe is one of over 30 federally recognized tribes in Washington state. So where we are is a really beautiful place because there's lots of different tribes. Mm -hmm. And Snoqualmie is located, I'd say about 45 minutes away from Seattle where we work. Okay. And so it was a really perfect um, opportunity for us to share our success and share our mission to do bigger and greater things with a tribe that also has those same goals and those values. Um, I can't say enough good things about the Snoqualmie tribe. Um, one of the things that really motivated us to um, work with them as you can imagine, there was definitely interest from other tribes as well um, when it came time to transfer ownership from Louis to a tribe. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that Snoqualmie um, has these really good values that they show in their political decisions, um, such as right before they purchased Eighth Generation, the Snoqualmie tribe purchased the land surrounding the sacred Snoqualmie Falls. Um, which is a very well-known tourist and natural um, spectacle here in Washington. Snoqualmie Falls is also um, in the Snoqualmie creation story. It is the site of their people's creation. 
Um, And so shortly before acquiring Eighth Generation, they actually purchased the rights to Snoqualmie Falls and all of the land around Snoqualmie Falls so that they could protect it from further development. And, you know, that really spoke mountains to us about, you know, their tribe's values and their ability to kind of put their nose to the grindstone, band together and make things happen. Um, that is in the best interest of not only their lands, um, but their community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a really awesome team to join, um, joining forces between the Snoqualmie tribe and the eighth generation team, um, who are all really, I would describe as go-getters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a really awesome thing. And we're still in the process of organically figuring out how to work together. Okay. Um, you know, it's not common for a tribe to own a company like Eighth Generation, um, but it's really exciting because they really believe what we do and they want to support us. So we're grateful. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um, so you guys have culture like ingrained into uh, what you guys do. Um, could you explain why you chose the Eighth Generation name? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, As you mentioned, culture is definitely at the forefront of how we look at the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, as I mentioned, our founder, Louis Gong, he's actually mixed race. So he was actually raised by his grandparents. Um, He had a native grandmother and a Chinese grandfather. And he grew up in a house with, you know, no running water on the Nooksack reservation. And so you know, that's kind of the roots. So you can appreciate kind of how far we've come as a company. Um, And when it came time to decide on a name for the company, um, Louis was really inspired by his own heritage and ancestry. Um, As I mentioned, uh, he has Chinese ancestry as well as native ancestry. And he grew up in the Nooksack tribal community. So he likes to say that his inspiration was the concept of seven generations, which I'm sure you guys have heard about, mm-hmm. um, which is for those who don't know, you know, a framework for making decisions about how we go about life, mm-hmm. um, where we take into consideration our impact um, on the seven generations that come after us, as well as um, how we're honors- honoring the sacrifice and the legacy that the seven generations before us had made possible. Um, So by naming our company, you know, eighth generation, it's kind of an acknowledgement to the seven generations that came before us. But also um, linking back to Louis mixed heritage um, in, you know, Cantonese culture and in their language, the number eight is um, almost identically pronounced to the word for prosperity. And so often a lot of Chinese businesses incorporate that numeral eight in their business name. And it's um, commonly referred to as a very lucky number. So for him, it was kind of like a coming together of both of his cultures um, into one name. That's so beautiful. Um, I I knew about this, you know, that it had something to do with the seven generations, um, but that, that it links to so harmoniously I guess to his Chinese heritage is so beautiful and that he was able to make that connection I mean there's 
so many beautiful connections between different cultures and it's really nice when you can honor both of them and that's really cool. Absolutely. And I know that that's a struggle for a lot of people out there. Um, I, you know, everyone I, I would say has some mixed ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of, you know, his greatest accomplish, accomplishments was, you know, doing a lot of education about the validity of people with mixed heritage and identities. Um, and that really tied into the foundation of the education that we do a lot through our work here. Okay. Cool. Can you talk about the, um, like the education that you guys do through the, through the work? Like, yeah, absolutely. So I would say that education, um, is at the forefront of the reason why we're in business. Yeah. The whole, you know, premise for starting our company was, you know, realizing that there was a lot of fake native art out there. Um, and kind of seeing it for what it is and realizing that there is an opportunity to, you know, um, support authentic art. And then also, most importantly, the artists themselves mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things as they were for Native artists is a, was a really tough way to make a living, um, you know, without access to a lot of like technology, um, without access to mentorship. Um, and business building. Uh, We've seen that a lot of artists from our community who are so talented um, often just don't have access um, to sell their um, artwork directly to customers. Um, And we feel that those artists deserve, you know, control and to benefit from um, the demand for Native artwork. Mm-hmm. And so what we're always trying to tell people is that, you know, you can make a choice between if you want to support Native artists and authentic Native artwork, or if you want to support, you know, companies that, you know, don't work with artists and they don't have authentic art, mm-hmm. they may Google, you know, some Navajo rug weavings, <laughs> and then they'll just copy mm-hmm. um, those designs And we really feel like that's not, you know, within our morals or values. And so we're always having conversations and it's really fun for our team um, to kind of uh, break out of people's um, stereotypes about what Native, who Native people are, what they look like, what they can do, and kind of our potential, to be honest. Um, And so we're always telling people we're advocating for artists, we're advocating for respectful collaboration of artists, and we're advocating to support authentic art and artists. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, it's not as straightforward of a conversation as you would think, Mm because a lot of people um, really struggle to see the difference. Yeah, I I would see, I could see that because there is such a norm, like the tribal pattern or like the tribal design, you know, stuff like at pure one or something, you know, like, um, everyone wants that style, you know, a lot of people want that style to look like they're cultured or something, but not know, like, you know, the history behind it because, well, cause it's fake. Um, and then, so it's really important work that you guys are doing to, and then how I love how each, when you buy a blanket, you get the little card, you know, the bio about that artist that designed it. And I, that's like my favorite part well, not my favorite part. The design is my favorite part, but because <laughs> they're so beautiful. Um, so 
Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you enjoy it. I mean, we love to share with people about the artists that we work with from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I feel like we're not really selling um, products, even though, you know, that is how we stay in business. But really, we're selling information, um, you know, about who we are and why it's good to support Native artists if you like Native arts. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. I love, I like that. So you did uh, talk a little bit about this, but uh, uh, maybe, th- I mean, yeah, you talked about uh, <laughs> it a little bit, but uh, uh, what inspires you to do uh, the work that you're doing? Why do, why personally Yeah, why is it so important? Yeah, why is it, yeah. Sure. Uh, that's a great question. So um, for me personally, I come from a family of Native artists. As I mentioned, I come from a family of dancers and um, jewelry makers, beadwork artists, um, birch bark beadwork artists, um, carvers and painters. Um, So for me, it it really started with my own family. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who know an artist in their life and, and love an artist. Um, and want to see them succeed. And so for me, that's really organically where my passion and inspiration to do the work I'm doing comes from is that, um, you know, I like to tell people, we all know an artist, you know, and, and, you know, do you love that artist? If, if you know, and love an artist, then, you know, you, you should be like on board with kind of our mission to support inspired natives rather than native inspired Um, and, you know, for our founder, Louie, of course, I mentioned that he's a native artist himself. Um, so in his experience, he used to, um, go through some, you know, less than stellar experiences, um, collaborating with companies who wanted to use his artwork. Mm. Um, so, uh, the stories that came out of, you know, his collaborations with, you know, non-native owned companies and the way he would, you know, have his art taken from him. Um, He wasn't really involved in like the design collaboration process, which is very educational. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wasn't really ever compensated fairly for his artwork. And so that was really the genesis about how we operate now, because we want to operate in a way that is kind of correcting those wrongs. I would say that we pride ourselves on um, kind of setting the gold standard for how to work with indigenous artists. Um, It's never been done before. And it's really cool to get to collaborate as a intertribal staff with native artists from around the country, some of whom even have connections to our own personal and familial uh, communities. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's always really exciting, exciting to, you know, meet artists, kind of talk about our goals, and really just take uh, ownership and agency with our artwork um, yes. to benefit not only our Native owned business, but then these Native artists. And I really do believe that we change artists lives. Um, Some of the artists that we work with have gone from selling, you know, beaded earrings in parking lots or, you know, at the powwows, um, you know, to making, you know, six figure salaries. 
Um, and we believe that Native artists are absolutely worthy of, you know, um, all of that business. And it should not be funneled through non-Native owned companies. Mm -hmm. And it should not only be funneled through galleries. Because that's just not something we've seen artists really make a sustainable living off of. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I would say, a handful of artists that do make a good living off of that model, but it's really not inclusive. Um, you kind of see your stars out there of Native artists that frequently get all the opportunities um, while other artists struggle. And so mm-hmm. we're here to kind of correct that. Yeah. And also, on top of that, I think with um, the few Native, you know, star artist stars that are getting into galleries and making a good living on that, um, I I know that at least a lot of the museums that I've been to, like, they're kind of put into that Native American art section. Like, they're not able to just be, like, contemporary art, which I think is so – the other thing I think is so cool about um, Eighth Generation is, like, especially – the design, the res cat design, you know, stuff like that, where it's like very, you know, it's like contemporary. You don't have to be so um, confined into like what, you know, the white America sees as native, you know what I mean? So I think that's Absolutely. really cool too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, I totally agree. Um, and a lot of times it's fun because we have a store at Pike Place Market yes. in Seattle. Mm-hmm which is a, you know, an international tourist destination. (laughs) So oftentimes, you know, uh, we get to have conversations with people from all over the world who have never met a native person, um, unfortunately. (laughs) And, um, you know, we definitely do love like blowing their minds. Uh Like you said, like um, native art doesn't have to be pigeonholed. No artist should be pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we are meeting people from all around the world that think that, you know, Native people's art should look exactly mm-hmm. a certain way. It should be made a certain way. And it can only be showcased on certain, you know, items. Yeah. And for us, we're like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> contemporary people, you know, just like everyone, um, except for we have, you know, been blessed with so much teachings and culture and values that make us move through the world differently. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, we're excited to, you know, see authentic art on our, on blankets that anybody can enjoy, Uh you know, my earrings, for example, like, I was going to say, I think those are, yeah, this is supposed to be, you know, ledger art. Um, but you know, it's like, why not put our art on anything that we can, um, Mm -hmm. because the market and the demand is out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and we believe native people, uh, shouldn't be boxed in. And so I love what you said. Great. Yeah. I think that's, like you said, native people are contemporary too. And like you said too, like, I love that, um, way you word it, like you're just blessed with the culture and the teachings that allow you to move through life. A different way like you know more grounded more connected to your roots and but you just so happen to have amazing art along with that it's not that you have to be tied to this old art only <laughs> yeah, absolutely and I think that uh, something that kind of makes us a little different as well as contemporary native people in business um, which is very rare to see 
um, is that we do a lot of give back. Um, and that's something that also comes, you know, from our values that we were taught from our families and our grandmas and grandpas. Um, um, the importance of giving back is so great for us that we're always really excited as a small native owned company to share our success um, by helping out the community in whatever way we can, uh, especially during times of need. So that's something um, that people aren't used to. Um, sometimes a lot of people think native people are uh, charity projects or you know not successful or not capable. Um, and we exist to you know counter all of those stereotypes. So, we really pride ourselves on being a company that was started by a native artist that now, you know, donates personal protective equipment to clinics around Washington, you know, donating blankets to victims of the wildfires, um, you know, financial sponsoring of all sorts of community events. Um, and this is just, you know, we're really blessed to be able to do that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about yeah. like, we're not, always just about selling and education but we're also about giving back mm -hmm. yeah, and that's that's so awesome that you guys do so much for so many different people out yeah. there um and i that's why we wanted to do this podcast uh is to break that stereotype of people and like educate people uh about natives and other indigenous people around the world i mean we're we're here we're continuously evolving we're not just like set in the past and that's something that uh, a lot of people i mean i i've definitely uh felt that way about other indigenous people uh, as well whenever i went to vietnam i, was, I had a, a thought in my head i was like oh yeah these guys are all uh, gonna be on uh, uh wagons and uh, uh, riding around on ox <laughs> and i mean there were people that did that but right. they had like skyscrapers and they're they're driving around and uh a bunch of like mopeds and yeah they're, they're they're contemporary all over the world i mean we're not just set in the past and that's something that uh we want to uh continue like educating people on and i'm and i'm so grateful that you guys do that as well yeah and i was checking out some of your previous guests on your cool. podcast and i feel the same way like i love to see um contemporary native people who are kind of breaking uh, barriers yes. and, um, you know, being the first, you know, native owned construction company, you know, native owned IT support. Um, right now, I feel, um, I feel really proud to be a part of a time where I see more uh, representation of native people. Um, and I feel like we, we all may have hungered for that when we were younger, I, at least I know I did. Um, so I feel like we might have like a common, um, I guess a common desire to, you know, educate others, um, about what native people are capable of here and now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that so much. Um, but we're going to move on to our, our next question. Uh, you mean, you've definitely touched on this a lot, mm -hmm. but it is, how do you stay connected to your culture? Uh, and what does it mean to, to, for you? Uh, to be the tribe that you are. Hopi and Ojibwe. Yeah, the Hopi and Ojibwe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, like many uh, indigenous people, I find myself, um, you know, far away from my communities of, you know, the Ojibwe community is back in the Midwest area. Um, 
we have beautiful lakes and forests and deer. Um, and then, you know, on my Hopi side, you know, all my family's down in the desert and the Pueblos. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that's a common situation um, for a lot of Native people, um, especially when there's very few opportunities uh, for education and work um, on our reservations. Um, so basically, uh, something I pride myself on is that I, you know, am the product of two Indigenous people that uh, had the courage to um, journey away from their reservations and their families to, you know, get a good education and a career. Um, but that can also come with a lot of, you know, uh, you know, you're missing your family, you're missing your connection to your culture. Um, especially during 2020, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Um, some ways that I keep in touch with my culture uh, is that I'm really lucky to have a few um, Indigenous friends, uh, family friends even, or people I've met through work um, that I can talk to, uh, especially when we're going through a year, through a year where we saw a lot of racism kind of bubble up to the surface. Um, for me, it was so important to have people uh, who, you know, shared my uh, cultural background that I could talk to. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, of course, if you're blessed to have family, that's kind of the main way that I keep in touch with my culture um, is, you know, Skyping or Zoom calls with my family. Um, and they share with me like what they're working on and they encourage me to, you know, do artwork or write or learn how to sing or learn how to dance. Um, oftentimes there's also just so much online um, that people can utilize to get more connected with their culture. Um, I always tell people like if you're interested in learning about you know your indigenous language like check out some Facebook or you know Instagram or Twitter uh, social groups just dedicated to language learning. Um, I love seeing the efforts to reclaim and preserve our language. So apart from, you know, joining online communities and kind of trying to connect and keep in touch with your family, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I would also recommend to just try and express yourself creatively. I think it can be a great outlet to be connected with your culture. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, of course, just your reading about your history, I think is really important as well to be informed um, about your community uh, really helps helped me feel connected. Cool. Um, so those are just some tips that I incorporate uh, to try and stay connected to my culture. I love that. That'll be, so, um, you know, great for, I think, some of our listeners who maybe want to connect more. Like uh, one of our previous guests, actually, um, we haven't released the episode yet but they are getting currently um more connected you know learning about their culture and they do a lot of online search you know researching um so it's really amazing that there's that tool now and like you said like facebook groups and stuff like there's so many great ways that people can get in touch not just you know if you're away from you know isolated from other people in your community or in your tribe our nation. Yeah. And I think that during the pandemic that there's been an effort to um, make that those resources available online. Mm 
um, I'm starting to see lots of like free information guides yeah. on, you know, um, all sorts of like museum or cultural center websites. Um, people are doing virtual events and, you know, virtual speaking events like this one. Um, so it's, it's a really cool time because I feel like a lot of people are really yearning and searching for that connection and the peace that comes with that connection. Um, so it was a great question. And, um, I think, yeah, there's no one right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's definitely a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet. Um, oh, I guess I'm doing the next question. (laughs) Um, so, uh, this is kind of similar, um, to some things you were talking about, I think, but, um, so how do you navigate through this colonized, you know, space, this colonized world we live in (laughs) with your customs, language, traditions in mind, um, in order to succeed in your job or in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's, I would just say it's really hard. (laughs) It's, it's really hard. Um, but you know, when I say that, I know, uh, that it's, it's probably, you know, really tough times for everybody. Um, as an indigenous person with all of our teachings and our stories, um, about how to act right in this world, um, always influence me. Um, and there may always be, you know, a different perspective, um, that you're in the room with, uh, that can make, you know, holding true to your values and your teachings really hard. Um, And uh, it takes, I would say, a lot of courage and uh, a lot of fortitude um, to kind of uh, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, um, even if it's just a different cultural setting. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of years were spent very quiet, you know, for me being mostly raised outside of my community. Um, I had the experience, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people have, a lot of indigenous people have this experience of being the only native person in the room at school or at an event or really any public space. Um, That can be really hard. Um, But uh, what I do is I just really, I try and live by those um, seven grandfather teachings um, that I was taught when I was little, um, some of which include, you know, bravery, um, being brave enough to, you know, you know, go out in the world and try new things, um, speaking up for yourself. Um, You know, another value is like truth, you know, humility. Um, These are those guiding kind of teachings that help me navigate through this colonized world. Um, I feel like almost anybody can get some great advice from the seven grandfather teachings, whether they're indigenous or not. Um, And then I would say that, of course, uh, prayer, prayer really helps me. Um, And I know prayer is not for everyone, um, but I also know that I was taught that every person has, you know, four, four components to their being that you have to really um, be cognizant of and manage um, how you're doing in those four areas. And those four areas are um, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health. Mm. And so all of those different things, you know, you could be doing really well physically, but you could be really suffering mentally. 
um, all of these parts of yourself need to be fed in different ways. Um, so keeping that in mind definitely helps me make it through because it's definitely been hard, uh, a tough year for a lot of people. Yes, it has been. And, um, and then especially so like trying to stay connected while also staying, you know, successful in our capitalist society. Um, so I love that though, like that, um, you know, the seven grandfather teachings, I haven't heard those before, but I love, you know, the bravery, humility, truth, like those are definitely, like you said, something that everyone can use. And those are so important to stay connected, just like grounded, you know what I mean? Especially when there's a lot of negative things going on, or just kind of hard things, difficult things going on, challenging. Exactly. I mean, I think like you said, if you have like these values to be honest and brave and truthful, um, even when you're really struggling and going through challenges, if you know that you're at least meeting those standards for yourself, then that's at least something that you can Mm -hmm. fall asleep knowing and take into the next day and um, pray to creator about. I love that. Yeah. Like doing the best that you can to be a good person. Yeah. And healthy. (laughs) Do you have any questions? Yeah. So uh, (laughs) thank you for everything that you just said uh, and uh, sharing uh, with us like your personal uh, beliefs and uh, the way that you were taught. Uh, I mean, that's uh, not everybody does that. Um, And I'm I'm really grateful that you're honest and open with us and answering our questions and everything. (laughs) Try to be those seven grandfather teachings. I would recommend a Google after this if if you want. Definitely. Definitely. There are are definitely a lot of, uh, um, what is that? uh, Resources out there and not, not just on social media, but the Google is your friend. The Google. Yes. Uh, Even like looking up tribes. I mean, going, not, not this time, but going to, going to different tribes and like talking with people. I mean, we're not uh, just, we, uh, we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode, but we're not just uh, uh, here for uh, just going to a, a celebration or going to a, a ceremony where we're here all the time. Come and talk to us, not just at those, those peaks, but yeah. uh, all the time come and talk to us. And uh, most likely we're, we're open about uh, talking. Um, and I, I apologize. We haven't actually talked about, uh, our our blanket, but you're you have the same blanket up, and said, yeah. uh, we we didn't uh, we haven't talked about this uh, in our in our episodes. So uh, what? Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. We I mean we say it, it's it's uh, eighth generation, but we don't like talk about the artists or oh, anything yeah, like true. that. So true, true, um, true. I for, I did say that was the confluence blanket. Yeah, but yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so much information. Yeah, um, to share. <laughs> but i was gonna i was gonna say uh (laughs) if you could uh talk a little bit about the uh the different artists that you guys work with if you could shout out a couple i uh, know uh, sarah agaton is one yeah we have an interview with her tomorrow (laughs) oh awesome yeah and john pepion yeah good yeah Yeah. so um yes uh we are really blessed to um collaborate and work with some amazing artists And boy, there's so many amazing Mm -hmm. artists in Indian country. Um, And so 
we started out uh, working with uh, Ojibwe artist Sarah Agaton Howes, I would say about five years ago. Um, and she is that success story that I mentioned before, where she went from being a, a hand, a hand beaded um, earrings. She would sell them to her friends, like meet up in parking lots and like, you know, give them uh, over in a little sandwich bag um, for like 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, since we teamed up with Sarah, um, we realized we had really common goals um, for, you know, having authentic um, Ojibwe, in her case, artwork out there on the market. Um, and she is that success story where she went from selling earrings in parking lots to making, um, you know, well over six figures um, awesome. through all of the products that she has made with Eighth Generation and um, through the products that she's learned to create um, after our collaboration on her own. Um, and so it's really exciting, especially for me as an Ojibwe woman, um, to see us working with an Ojibwe artist um, and seeing how our collaborations have really ignited a fire in her um, to be this incredible businesswoman um, who's also an artist and a mother as well. Um, and now she's a homeschool teacher, <laughs> which she'll tell you about. Nice. Um, and, you know, she's been on her own journey as well, all um, for many years of reclaiming her culture and um, making her connection to her culture more strong. Um, so it's great to see her succeed. Um, and then we also work with, as you mentioned, John Pepion. Um, you know, that is a huge blessing for us. He's Blackfeet um, and currently based in Montana. And we had been big fans of John's artwork for many years before we um, reached out to him and had a similar conversation about, um, you know, what his goals were for his art. Um, if he was, you know, interested in becoming uh, what we call an arts entrepreneur. And um, he really was interested and and so we've collaborated on so many products as well. We've helped him set up his own website, um, created a logo for him and helped him create all of the products that Eighth Generation as well as John Pepion has. Um, and through our collaborative process, not only is he now you know, the owner of his own business, um, but now consumers can reach him and his products and support him directly yeah. um, through his website. And um, the same goes for Sarah. Um, these are artists that did not have a way to connect with um, the consumers before um, us, uh, we at Eighth Generation had reached out um, because we believe that Native artists deserve to be on par with any other Mm -hmm. um, and they don't deserve to have a middleman, um, which is sometimes the gallery owner, owners, and sometimes it's um, just a non-native owned company that wants to license, you know, artwork from a native artist to sell. Um, so it is awesome getting to work with John. I think you'll love your conversations. He's so funny. Um, so is Sarah, um, that being said. So you'll have a lot of laughs. Um, it's always good to have them out here to Seattle where we work with them on their design ideas and we make, we make things happen. And that's something that I'm really proud about. 
um, and we teach them all along the way. So we kind of plant a seed with them um, to eventually see them grow into their own business owners. Um, and it's just awesome for them as well as consumers who want to support artists and want to buy authentic Native art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to shout out one more artist, yeah, um, especially, which is uh, Michelle Loudon. Um, she's from Acoma Pueblo down in New Mexico, and she comes from a amazing family of artists who do, do everything from, you know, traditional carving to pottery um, and you name it. And so her designs often, they incorporate pottery motifs that have a lot of important meanings um, into the products that she makes with Eighth Generation. And um, it's been great to see her be able to catch that entrepreneurial spirit and learn how to run her own business as well. So this is why I say um, that I do believe that we really change lives, um, especially of Native artists. Um, And we empower Native artists in a way that no other company really does. Mm and so those are kind of like the main main artists we work with. But uh, that being said, you know, right behind me is an example of an artist from Alaska that we work with. We work with, I would say, um, over 30 artists from all over the country. Um, and our goal is to just keep on, you know, doing more and more. And so the future is really exciting. That is so exciting. Yeah, I just love I, I just love all that you guys do. And like you said, how you empower um, native artists to not only express themselves more and also get fairly compensated, like more than fairly compensated, I'm sure. Um, but also, like you said, like become their own entrepreneurs, like really get into that. Um, cause then you're building a legacy and that's how, you know, you, you can pass that on. And I just, yeah. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We really do try and work hard to support the artists and sometimes like we all have each other's cell phone numbers so we'll text be texting each other all throughout the week about like hey I got an offer from a museum for this amount like what do you guys think and the eighth generation team kind of acts as a mentor especially especially Louis Gong um, who's really you know achieved a lot of success as a native artist he's always ready to pass on any advice that he knows um, because he uh, has been in the position uh, that they have been in. And so oftentimes we'll tell artists like, no, you're worth way more than that. Or like, don't do that because you can do it themselves. You don't need to rely on somebody else to do it. Here's how to do it. Um, so that's really fun. That is awesome. I love that, that you guys are just not only being a business partner, but like you said, like a mentor, like a friend, someone to really just have their back uh, and help them make good decisions or the best decisions, you know, for yeah. them that are fair. And yeah, that's definitely like I feel like we need more of that in our yeah. indigenous communities. Um, that support, that mentorship, that willingness to share knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, we always uh, say here at Eighth Generation that for us, um, money isn't really like the most important reason why we got in this. It was really about recognizing the value of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I mentioned that education is at the forefront of what we do. Um, but then it's also about like educating 
the Native artists that we love and cherish and we know deserve the support and the success um, that many non-Native companies um, have taken up space in the market with a lot of fake Native products. Mm -hmm. So I just thought of a question um, or something I want to ask you. Um, So how do you guys like go about choosing, you know, or finding people to work with or how do, do people kind of like like for maybe some native artists out there that are listening, like do people take their art to you, like send it to you or, or is it kind of more of a thing where you guys look around and find people that you want to partner with? Yeah, that's a great question. We get asked that question all the time. Um, so we're really blessed um, to be on a lot of people's radar. Um, and there's still a lot of people that don't know about us. Um, but I just wanted to basically mentioned that we do get asked that question quite often and we've actually had to develop some formal ways um, to start a collaboration process with artists. Um, Being that we get um, artist inquiries, um, you know, every week via phone, email, um, Facebook message, Instagram message, um, personal DMs to our personal accounts, We've uh, developed a way where we have a contest about every other year or so um, where we make a call for artwork. And um, that's when we're really asking anybody who does any sort of art to go ahead and send us an email with some examples of your artwork and a little blurb about who you are. Um, So that, you know, if we don't know about you, we'll see your artwork. And, um, you know, potentially reach out for a collaboration. And there's definitely a lot more um, that goes into how we select the artists as well, um, other than just, you know, knowing Mm -hmm. about artists and getting exposed to different artists. Because even sometimes when our staff, like myself or our founder, go to community events, People are just introducing us to artists and artists that they think we should work with. And mm-hmm. it's quite overwhelming. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, yeah, um, a really blessed position to be in. Um, but, uh, you know, we do have the blanket contests. Um, and David Robert Boxley, whose blanket is in your office as Ooh. well as mine, um, he was one of the winners of our uh, previous okay. 2019 or 2018, I think about, um, he was the winner of our blanket design contest that year. Um, and it was just awesome, you know, um, to see the artist's face when they see their artwork on a wool blanket, it's really awesome. Um, because I'm sure you all know about the important role wool blankets play in, you know, indigenous ceremonies and really important life events and even death events um, for our community. So it means so much, um, you know, to artists to have that opportunity to be involved and to see their artwork used um, in a good way um, that supports artists. So I think that brings up a really good point about why I do love Eighth Generation so much, because as I've learned after, you know, being with with Kiesis, you know, I see how important the, you know, wool blankets are in ceremonies. And it's really, really great to see that there's a company that makes so many, you know, beautiful blankets that people can use that are actually made by natives. So I think it just makes it more, you know, meaningful and 
you know, just beautiful that way. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, our goal is to, um, kind of have a little bit of something for everyone. Um, and this is going to take us a, a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, another part of, uh, kind of something we consider when we're working with native artists is, is, you know, is there an area of, you know, Turtle Island where we don't have any artwork, you know, from that area to offer to anyone? Um, that was one of, you know, the reasons why we chose to work with um, David Robert Boxley is because we currently didn't uh, work with an artist from his region. And so, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into um, who we decide to work with. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about working with Sarah Howes and John Pepion and Michelle Loudon, there also has to be like an alignment of goals mm-hmm. um, art-wise and um, also just like a personal component <laughs> as well. That's that's what um, I think is also very just uh, great about your company that you really do cherish those alignments of you know, personal goals, like what your personal, you know, ideology is and how you think the world should be, you know, like your personal, what's the word? It's like your values. Are yeah, alive. your values. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> values. There we go. <laughs> I was thinking of a different word, but that's, that's the, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it's definitely a lot of hard work um, that goes into making these things actually come to fruition. So Um, it, but it's a beautiful thing when you can, um, meet and come together with people that do have those aligned goals and values and are willing to put in the hard, hard work to make it happen. Um, you know, that in itself kind of narrows the scope of, you know, some, some of the peoples within your circle. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, uh, this, uh, brings us, uh, uh, to our last question, actually, because sure. um, we're the time has up gone up. by so fast. Yeah. I've been enjoying this conversation so yeah. much. I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah, you're a wonderful person to talk to. I mean, you have so sure. much to say, and it's uh, the the work that you do is beautiful. Yeah, um, uh, educating people and bringing people together and uh, showing uh, people's artwork that may never you may never have seen. Like, yeah. Um, I would have never known about this person yeah. if uh, we didn't go to your website and like go on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we could look at their own personal, you know, collection too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it's yeah. great. And uh, the collaboration that you guys do, like uh, helping out other people. I mean, uh, that's, that's so powerful. Um, and thank you so much for like coming on and uh, again, thank you. Like, we, we, we <laughs> thank you, that. thank you, thank you. Yeah. But uh, uh, so our last question is, what do you wish to let our audience know about uh, your tribe, your community, uh, the work that you do, pretty much anything? What's just, uh, what do you want to say? Well, I would just encourage, you know, everyone to, I would, you know, on a personal note, I would say I'll encourage everyone to kind of stay strong. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, never uh, stop learning. Um, that's something that is a huge um, mission here at Eighth Generation that we all take very close to heart, which is, you know, always keep an open mind um, and uh, be willing to learn. I hope that those who don't know about us, you know, enjoyed maybe learning a little bit more about us. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that people will, you know, try and maybe at least um, be more cognizant about who um, they're supporting with their money. Um, a very easy way to know if uh, a product is featuring fake Native arts or if it is fake is a, a very simple question. And I love to tell people to please ask this question if you see some potentially questionable Native arts is you ask the gallery owner or the store owner or whoever is, you know, has this item is uh, who's the artist. Um, okay. So that is kind of my best um, advice for people. Um, as they go throughout the world, there's a lot of options um, for what you buy and who you support. And it's really nice to know who you're supporting um, with your money sometimes. So just a a small encouragement um, to keep in mind that um, as other people have been having a hard time, a lot of small businesses, uh, you know, like eighth generation uh, has also been struggling. And so it's more important than ever uh, to support small businesses this year. We've been sad to see a lot of small businesses close around us. Um, and we're really appreciative of the support um, to be still here standing. Um, and I just implore people to, you know, um, really consider uh, supporting Native artists um, rather than Native inspired. I love it. I love that. Those last words. That's so important. And I just wanted to, I just thought about this while you were talking, and I really want to say this to everyone, that the eighth generation blankets are not only beautiful but they're so soft like I just want to say because like I never felt a wool blanket as soft as eighth generation blankets so mm -hmm. like like they're not just beautiful they're like really good quality obviously mm -hmm. but you know for people who don't know <laughs> thank you for saying so I definitely think our wool blankets are the softest I've ever felt yeah um and you know that's not knocking you know other people's uh, exactly <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, it's the, it's truth for what I've experienced too. So <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there because yeah. it's also very important for people choosing their wool blankets, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, additionally, you were talking about, uh, <laughs> we the, said the last words like, yeah, sorry. There's more. Uh, just, uh, we, well, we good. said this before, but additionally, like if you do see, uh, somebody claiming to be a native artist and they're not native, it is a federal offense. Um, oh, true. So yeah. uh, just you could be penalized uh, for that. There are there are fines and you can uh, face serious charges. So yeah. just keep that in mind. If you do find yeah, <laughs> if you do find somebody that's doing that, uh, educate them about that uh, law and also don't do it. You you just don't do it yourself. So <laughs> if you're not indigenous. <laughs> Yes, I totally agree. That was a really great point to make. And I encourage, you know, people to just, if they're really looking for some, you know, culture to become involved in, like, there's culture out there in everyone's family history. So there's no need to appropriate um, Native arts and culture and try exactly. and make your own version of it. Um, there's plenty of ways to kind of celebrate your own culture. And I hope that that really brings people happiness, because I know it brings a lot of native people happiness yeah. um, to have culture. So. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank you so much yeah. for being <laughs> I on. Uh, <laughs> thank our you so much. Seriously, I know we said it so many times, but like we really appreciate it. Um, like I said, I'm a huge fan. So 
I'm like yeah. fangirling right now. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it was really awesome to meet uh, to meet you both and to learn about your podcast. I'm really grateful to be a part of it in the early stages. Um, definitely wish you nothing but the best of luck. Uh, I definitely think that our communities, as I mentioned before, really needs people that are uplifting each other and positively reinforcing each other and having good conversations and educating each other keeping an open mind. So it's just, just been a great conversation. And thank yeah. you for what you do as well. Thank you. Thank well, you. have a wonderful evening, Serene, and uh, enjoy the holidays. And we'll talk to you soon, you know, when Thanks. we get closer to releasing. Yes, we'll definitely talk soon. Or just in general, if you yes. <laughs> talk. Oh my God, friend me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> great, you All guys. Right. We'll, we'll talk later. Okay, All thank right. you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, we hope you, as we always say, we hope you enjoyed that, listening to that as much as we enjoyed talking with Serene. Um, and if you want to learn more about them, uh, that is 8th Generation, and go to 8thGeneration.com. There are, me off. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But uh, I wanted to throw that out there. We didn't actually uh, ask True. her uh, what the – like their website was. So it's eighthgeneration.com. It's spelled out eighth. Yeah. Yep. Spelled out. Um, they are on Instagram and all the Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and the dot com. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're on more. I uh, really don't know. Yeah. We should have asked. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So if you want to check out uh, more uh, episodes and you want to learn more about us, uh, you could check out our website at www.asmudgeforyourthoughts.com. Uh, from there, you can find us uh, and like us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and all the other stuff. We have our, our links on there. If you or anyone you know would like to be on the podcast, please fill out our simple form, which could be found on our website or on Facebook where we posted it. Or you could just email us at contact at a smudgeforyourthoughts.com. Yep. And we would like to thank Mary Kay for designing our logo. Um, we would like to shout out 8th Generation, who we just talked, well, we talked to someone with 8th Generation. Um, we would like to shout them out again <laughs> for this beautiful blanket that is behind us. Um, they did and, not provide this to us. We just really love them. Yes. Um, but if they wanted to provide us another one, they could. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway. I'm just uh, we'd also like to thank Okimauki Hugh, the late Rowdy Sunchild Sr., for the words in our intro song. All right. Yes. Well, with that, Giga Wabaman. All right. See you later.